the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by Border Hawk News on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador. George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, here on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful uh, June 12th, uh, 2021. Gosh, I'm still in the the 20th century. Can you imagine? Uh, Anyway, folks, thank you for joining us today. Let me tell you who we've got, because we've got a packed show today. We've got some great guests. Uh, first of all, up, we're going to have Attorney General, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. I've reached out to him because um, everything that's happening on the border, he's been attending some of these uh, uh, town hall meetings. And I wanted to get his his uh, uh, ideas on what, uh, what he is doing and what he wants to do about this border crisis, as well as other issues that he is facing. Uh, or he is uh, working with. So our first guest is uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton. Our second uh, guest is Miss Monica de la Cruz. Miss Monica de la Cruz is a candidate for Congress in the Rio Grande Valley, and I wanted to get her on because there was a uh, earth-shaking event uh, this past week where a Republican was elected mayor of McAllen, Texas. And I wanted her to come on and tell us about what is going on in the Valley politically, uh, the impact of this uh, border crisis on Hispanics. And folks, this is an opportunity that Republicans and conservatives cannot miss. They have got to do a whole lot better outreach to the uh, Hispanic community in South Texas to involve them. I mean, we're not talking about a Hispanic message and a Hispanic uh, being placed here and there just because they're Hispanic. No, no, no. Just get out there, talk to them, listen to them, involve them. That's all I'm saying, folks. That's all I'm saying. Um, Our last two guests, our last two guests are uh, Mark Morgan, who used to be the um, uh, ICE commissioner for uh, Trump. Uh, he's going to be giving us an update of what is happening in Washington with uh, immigration issues and what he uh, thinks needs to happen on this issue. Uh, he is, I mean, the, the man, I've got the utmost respect for this guy. He knows exactly what needs to happen, what the bureaucracy needs to be doing in Washington. Our final guest is my good friend Raul Reyes. Uh, Raul Reyes is a co-host also of a, of a radio program in the Del Rio, a podcast in the Del Rio area. He's a community uh, border activist, conservative. He attended a, uh, an, a, a rally on uh, last Thursday regarding the border uh, in which uh, the uh, governor, uh, Greg Abbott of Texas, uh, spoke. And I wanted to get his uh, thoughts on the governor's comments as well as uh, the rally itself. Uh, There have been so many rallies going on lately, my friends. So anyway, uh, welcome to the show, my friends. Let's go to our first guest, the Attorney General of of Texas, Ken Paxton. Thank you for joining us. Call your friends. Tell them to join us. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got uh, a very special guest with us. We're very privileged to uh, have uh, Attorney Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton with us. And I wanted to reach out to him because he's been doing a tour, literally, uh, of, uh, of county uh, town hall meetings regarding the issue of the border crisis that we've got going. And uh, I really wanted to get him to uh, chat with us and tell us uh, what's being, what he is hearing and what, uh, what uh, the state capital is doing about the, the situation. Uh, General Paxton, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. Uh, tell us about what, what you're hearing, what you're seeing, and uh, what uh, we can do about this. Because our, our good friend uh, Kamala Harris was down in, in Guatemala and in Mexico, and uh, uh, she uh, seemed to laugh off the idea of visiting the border. 
Yeah, that's pretty sad given the, the serious situation that they've created. And we know they've created it because we had the same situation under President Obama where caravans started coming up in mass from these Central American countries. And with the invitation of the Obama administration, and we had a massive crisis back when he was president, President Trump inherited that crisis and through some very smart, uh, logical policies to protect the border, we started stemming the tide. Well, President Biden saw the success of protecting the border, protecting America, and he undid it all to the huge benefit of the cartel. The most, uh, they are the ones that are benefiting the, the, the most from what the Biden policies are doing. I know the Biden administration knows that. They're certainly not going to advertise that. But this policy doesn't work very well for the immigrants because it's dangerous. They have to depend on the cartels to get in. They have to pay them. Uh, the average, in, I think, will rate is about $8,000. And then, of course, it opens the border up because our border agents, who are busy with taking care of these families and these kids, no longer can stop drug drug importation, not to the degree that they were. So we have a massive now problem with the uh, smuggling of drugs by the cartels. So the cartels are making billions off of this, and they, they probably uh, are very pleased with the Biden administration at this point. You know, the, uh, the, the things that, we, that uh, I've heard in attending these meetings as well is, uh, you know, the, the, the property owners, the ranchers, uh, are very upset about the, the, uh, the amount of damage that they are suffering, the losses they are suffering. Then there's also uh, the issue of the car chases. I mean, I, I was coming back from a meeting in Kenny County um, that uh, I believe you attended as well. And um, lo and behold, there was a, a car chase and I got literally run off the road. Uh, what uh, what can can sheriffs or or state troopers or anybody do about these these kind of situations? Well, it's extremely frustrating to property owners. I've talked to numerous sheriffs along the border, or contiguous to the border, or contiguous to other counties, and, and they are that are close to the border. But they're all frustrated. Some of these people are having their fences torn down. They're having their vehicles stolen. They're they fear for their lives because these cartels are using their land as, as a pathway to bring these uh, smuggled people and drugs through through the through the country. So. I think they're doing their best. They, they, can, they can arrest people for state crimes, but they can't arrest people just for being there, uh, for just being in the country. Because it's immensely frustrating that the federal government is not just allowing this to happen, but encouraging it. And I think that, I feel like these people feel like the federal government is against them and, and, and not, not for anything but the cartel. Now, you have, uh, you, you've been very, very successful in, in, in lawsuits against uh, both the Obama administration and now we're looking at, um, at the Biden administration where you filed uh, various lawsuits. Uh, what, uh, what kind of lawsuits are you, are you, um, uh, are, are you pushing on, on behalf of the state uh, in this border crisis issue? Yes, we did sue Obama, I think it was almost 27 times, if not exactly 27 times, in about a two and a half year period. We also, it's through the Biden administration, seven times, five times over immigration. Uh, we were successful in the first one, which was we sued him on the third day when he came out on his first day in office and said, we won't deport you if you come, which is a clear signal to come because you're free to ignore our, our federal laws. And so we sued him under, under on the ground that he wasn't following federal law, and two, they wouldn't follow the Constitution. We got an injunction, and we stopped him from just doing that. But there, he, I think he's still in running it and, and basically allowing uh, open borders and cartel-free living in our, in our country. Uh, it, it really, it's really, really, you know, frustrating to folks to, uh, to see this, uh, this situation. Let me ask you about another lawsuit. Now that we're talking about lawsuits, switch gears a little bit <clears throat> because, um, I recently read about, uh, the, the lawsuits, uh, regarding mail-in ballots, uh, in the state of Texas. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So we have, uh, we had two lawsuits on mail-in ballots before the election, and we had, uh, I think it was like 12 different lawsuits related to the election, but those were mail-in ballot cases. These were lawsuits probably funded from outside the state, um, a lot of money being spent before the election to try to make us one of these other states like Georgia or Michigan or uh, uh, Wisconsin, and we fought them all. And, and those lawsuits were designed to stop us from following state law to allow local officials to overrule state law, which gives very specific guidance on when you can do a mail-in ballot, we can't. And, and we, were, we were successful in defending every one of those lawsuits, over 12 of them, related to election issues. And if we had lost those lawsuits, I'm convinced today that uh, they would have been able, just in Harris County alone with 2.5, almost 2.5 million mail-in ballots, they would have been successful in, in, in changing the election results because we can't verify very well uh, mail-in ballots who is voting. It's really true. We here in San Antonio recently had a uh, runoff election. 
<clears throat> and um, what we think was the culprit was the um, were the um, absentee ballots. Uh, would uh, that lawsuit cover them as well? So absentee ballots are, are they fall within an exception at least in, uh, in Texas where people are allowed to vote if they're going to be out of town. Uh, what what the lawsuits I was just saying was basically anybody can vote mail-in ballot. Don't worry about what Texas law says. We're just going to allow mail-in ballots for everybody. And you know there's a risk that every mail-in ballot there. You know when you come to the polls, you have to show photo ID. So it's much more likely we're, we're not going to have fraud if you actually show up with your photo ID. When you're doing a mail-in ballot, all you're doing is signing an application and signing uh, an envelope to, to a ballot. And so you've got to we, – we don't really know for sure if the right people are voting when we allow mail-in ballots. Well, you, um, I, I have read where you've been successful in, uh, in prosecuting um, ballot harvesters uh, like in, in, uh, in the Rio Grande Valley and in Fort Worth as well. Uh, do you do you foresee more of these um, uh, investigations going on like that? Oh yeah, we've got um, literally probably high, almost a hundred investigations going on right now. We've got we've got lots of cases we're ready to bring. The challenge has been COVID shut down uh, most of the criminal courts for you know a year or so, and now the cases that you can get in front of a criminal judge are more violent crime cases, and so we have a backlog of uh, just dozens and dozens, if not over a hundred cases that we're ready to bring. We just can't get them in the court because of COVID. Wow. Now, uh, once again, getting back to the issue of, of the illegal immigration, and illegal alien crime, um, we know that uh, the, the Biden administration is trying to um, is trying to uh, end the agreement between local sheriffs detaining folks, uh, illegal alien criminals, uh, just releasing them uh, out into the into the general public. Um, if that begins to happen, uh, is the state going to do anything to uh, to back it up or to keep them locked up? I mean, these are criminals. Well, the Biden administration is welcoming all criminals as well. Um, so, and this is just a fact, they are allowing these people to be released from prison. So say they're in a Texas prison or an Ohio prison, they're supposed to have ICE pick them up, uh, issue a detainer, pick them up, and send them out of the country. The Biden administration has stopped that practice. So they are basically saying, hey, if you commit, if you're if you're a felon or if you're a criminal, you can stay in this, this country and we want you here. And we have sued them over that as well. We've got a lawsuit going over that very issue to, to try to at least have them enforce the law as it relates to the criminal element. And to this point, uh, the Biden administration is, is fighting us, trying to keep as many of these criminals in the country as possible. That's, you know, that that is absolutely outrageous. After they raise their hand and, uh, and, and claim that they are going to protect uh, or, or defend the Constitution, and they don't even protect the citizens. I, I, I just don't understand that. <laughs> well, it's, there's no way to understand it. If you're thinking about it in terms of benefiting the American people, there, there has to be something else behind this. It, it is not beneficial to the American people, to, my, to Texans, to, to allow criminals who are here already illegally to, to not deport them, which is required by federal law. So you're ignoring federal law. The Biden administration is ignoring federal law. They're ignoring their constitutional role. And then on the other end of it, you're looking at the policy decision to allow people that could potentially harm other Americans. And the Biden administration is saying, not only are we okay with that, but we're encouraging them to stay here. Amazing. To do whatever harm they're going to do. do. It's really outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous. Uh, we really, really appreciate you taking time to be with us. Anything else that you'd like to add before we let you go? Well, I think, you know, American values are under assault by the Biden administration. It's not just immigration. That's just one piece of it. They are uh, they are making an assault in every way. If you look at what they're doing with election, HR1, trying to get that passed, that would enshrine, it would enshrine in law, basically, uh, mail-in ballots, um, no signature verification, harvesting a vote, everything that you, you can do to make uh, an election less safe and more likely to have fraud, they are they are trying to do. And they claim it's you know some national security issue. It's not. That's just a talking point. They know what they're trying to do. They're trying to set this up to have, so we have a one-party system and they can run this like a little oligarchy or like a Venezuelan government. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. We've been talking, folks, with uh, with uh, Attorney Te- Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. General Paxton, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. We certainly would love to have you back on the show uh, again soon. Well, thank you, George, and I'll have to come on anytime. Thank you very much. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Mm-hmm. 
Hi folks, this is George Rodriguez at Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer here in San Antonio. And uh, we've got a special guest. We had her on before, but uh, I thought that we would definitely need to get her on again because of... um, uh, several things that are happening right there in her backyard, and Miss, this is Miss Monica de la Cruz, who is running for uh, U.S. Con- Congressional District 15 here in Texas, and District 15 uh, goes right up to the uh, right up to the border, and she's right in the middle of it. In fact, I think she is a resident uh, of one of the border counties, but uh, we wanted to get her on and ask her what. Um, how the the border crisis is affecting her campaign, and also to talk to her about this historic uh, election that just happened uh, with a Republican being elected uh, the mayor of uh, McAllen, Texas, uh, which is, you know, just you know, really, really earth-shaking as far as uh, some of us are concerned. Monica, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. Um, tell us about, uh, first of all, let's talk about your district. How is it being impacted on by the uh, border crisis? Well, good morning, and thank you so much for having me on. Our community has been devastated by this border crisis. As you mentioned, our district goes all the way down to Hidalgo County, which includes McAllen and Edinburgh, Texas, Donna, Texas, all of which is just ground zero for this illegal border immigration. And what we're seeing uh, through the catch and release program, the inundation that our Border Patrol agents are currently experiencing and the pressure on our cities and communities to house and have these illegal immigrants coming through has been quite a big impact. Now, the the current congressman in your district, uh, the Democrat uh, Gonzalez, Congressman Gonzalez, um, he has expressed concern about the uh, the uh, Biden policies that are creating this crisis, um, but uh, I'm not sure that he's done much more than that. Uh, your thoughts? He has not done anything more than write a letter. You know, it is very sad for our district because in our district, we have the largest border patrol sector in the entire nation right here in Edinburgh, Texas. And our congressman refuses to meet with border patrol agents and custom agents to find out how he can best support them on the federal level. This is a big slap in the face to our law enforcement officers and our border patrol agents. You know, in fact, it has been our neighboring congressman, Congressman Henry Guerre, who's actually been down here in the Donna facility working with the Border Patrol and the Customs agents to have a loud voice on mainstream media saying, hey, what is happening is not right. It is a humanitarian crisis. It is a border security crisis. And a country without borders is no country at all. We must get the help from the federal government that we need. You know, you bring up a very interesting uh, point uh, regarding the media, because uh, I have a lot of listeners uh, on the podcast uh, from other states, and um, well, not only other states, other regions in, in Texas, and um, they are amazed about how much they are they do not hear about. Tell us, tell us your uh, view of what is. I mean, is it really as bad as people, uh, as some people are telling us, or you know, I personally have seen. Tell the folks how bad it is of people crossing the border right now. Well, you know, the other day I went on the Rio Grande River and I was on a boat and there were two rafts, one coming from the Mexico side to the U.S. side and another one crossing from the U.S. side to the Mexico side. 
and they were bringing in rats full of people back and forth, all coming from Guatemala and Honduras. And they're doing this all day, every single day. You can speak to them. They are brazen. They are bold. They are not even hiding that they are crossing these people illegally. And these illegal immigrants simply walk on our banks. They walk to the top of the hill and they fully surrender to our border patrol agents. And so this is in a brazen, a brazen act of disrespect to our country's borders, to our border patrol agents, and nothing is being done about it. Amazing, amazing. Um, do you feel that this, um, this, you know, I call it an invasion, uh, that this crisis is is creating a political problem for the Democrats locally, particularly now that uh, that uh, Javier Villalobos has been elected, uh, a Republican has been elected mayor of um, McAllen. Do you think that there's going to be a, other uh, ramifications because of that this uh, crisis on the Democrats? I strongly believe so. You see, I think in 2022, we are going to see a complete flip of seats all the way from congressional seats like my own all the way down to the local level. And we're already seeing the first round of it. You know, what is historic about Javier Villalobos is he is a past Hidalgo County GOP chair. And he was a chair when it was not widely accepted in Hidalgo County. Nobody stepped out and said, I am a Republican publicly. I mean, this was before Trump. And he was bold enough to do that many years ago. So for him to run for such a prominent position in one of the biggest cities in the Rio Grande Valley and win is absolutely historic, and I think it is the first loud message to Democrats that they want conservative leaders because they are truly conservative people here. Wow. What do you think uh, needs uh, to be done uh, in order to uh, stop this uh, this crisis, I mean, how how can it be ended in any form or fashion at this point? Look, it's very easy. All we have to do is implement the previous administration's policies. What does that mean? That means we need to stop immediately the catch-and-release program that is encouraging these people from Central America to risk their lives and um, and their children's lives for human trafficking, sex trafficking. We must end the catch-and-release program immediately. The second thing we must do is build, continue to build the border levy. What many people don't know is that the border levy, which mainstream media likes to call the border wall, is was started under the Obama-Biden administration. And that border levy, known now as the border wall, was actually a bipartisan dual effort that was made to not only protect our borders, but to help us with the massive flooding issues that we have in this area. By the Biden administration stopping the, the border levies, what that does is that leaves our low-income communities at risk for massive flooding if those thunderstorms come in and we have a tropical storm or, God forbid, a hurricane, we will be in deep, deep trouble. The third thing we must do is we must re-implement the Remain in Mexico policy. We must do that immediately. And if we just do those three simple things, number one, it'll lower the amount of people that think our borders are open and deter them from making that horrible track that has led to this humanity crisis. But in addition, it allows us to talk about immigration policies and how we must work in a bipartisan effort to change them and make them more effective and efficient. You got it. <clears throat> Anything that you would like to add here at the end before we, we, we leave you? Uh, I mean, you, you really, really sound so prepared. I've seen you speak in person and I've heard you on other occasions. Uh, anything else that you would like to add regarding uh, this border crisis, 
the folks in uh, in the Rio Grande Valley, uh, as well as the folks up here that uh, are going to be part of your district up here, or that are part of your district up here in in, in uh, near San Antonio. Anything else that you'd like to add? Absolutely. Here's what I share with people all around the great state of Texas, is that by investing in this district and investing in me as the candidate, Republican candidate for this district, what I am is I am a voice for conservative legislation that must be passed and supported in the 2022 election. So although I may not physically be in your district, I am still a voice for the conservative movement. And what I tell, and I would like to tell your listeners, is that they should get involved now. Now is the time to volunteer. Now is the time to make that donation. Now is the time to show your support. Waiting till 2022 is too late. We must build our volunteer and our financial war chest right now because in 2022, we're going to fight hard for this position. We're going to fight hard to take back the House and to fire Nancy Pelosi. And we need your listeners' help to do so. You got it. Thank you very, very much, Monica. We've been speaking, my friends, with Monica de la Cruz, uh, U.S. Congressional District 15 uh, candidate. And uh, we wish her the best. Thank you very, very much, Monica. Thank you, sir. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And we've got our good friend, uh, Mark Morgan, who, uh, is the, uh, who is with FAIR, but uh, he used to be the um, uh, Director of uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement under uh, uh, President Trump. And so uh, we wanted to get him on here and chat, uh, ask him what, uh, what he is hearing, what he is seeing in Washington, uh, about the crisis that apparently uh, the Biden administration continues to say is not happening. Welcome to the show as usual. Uh, Mark, thank you for taking time to be with us. What can you tell us? What is uh, going on? What's uh, the politics like in Washington uh, regarding this whole issue, this non-crisis, as they call it? Right, exactly. Well, speaking of politics, first of all, George, as always, thanks for having me on. And I do think it's important for your listeners occasionally remind them that I also served as Chief of the United States Border Patrol under the Trump administration. And then my last uh, tour in the Trump administration, I was the Acting Commissioner of Customs and Border uh, Protection. So I, I feel like I've seen all angles. Uh, actually, I've served 35 years under six different administrations, both Republican and Democrat. But I got to tell you, this is the crisis continues. So we, we know now that, that May. Uh, well, what I'm hearing is, is that May, the, the numbers are still going to be 20-year high. We're, we're looking at over you know, 170,000. And so that's that's three months back-to-back-to-back to back to back of, of historic 20-year highs. Again, a 900% increase from this same time last year. And to really bring it home, there, there's a sheriff in Valverde County. It's a few miles east uh, of Big Bend, uh, the Big Bend uh, area on the southwest border. His county covers about 110 miles of, of U.S.-Mexico border. And, and he said that, that, look, he's been in law enforcement for 42 years. He says that it is the worst crisis that he's ever seen in his 42 years. And he goes into depth in talking about the inhumanity of the Biden's open border policies. He talks about the death and destruction that he's seen. He talks about a, a, a vehicle chase, uh, a law enforcement chase and a, a, a smuggler full of illegal aliens, and the vehicle overturned. Eight aliens died. Uh, the, the car that they hit, uh, American citizens were seriously injured, including an 11-year-old girl. He talks about a Haitian woman that, that his deputies found, a pregnant Haitian woman, who had succumbed to her battle trying to cross the Rio Grande and died on the banks of the, the, the U.S. And, and, and look, I could go on and on because he did as well. And oh, by the way, one of the most powerful statements in, in, in his article was, is that he said, quote, it shouldn't matter, but I'm a lifelong Democrat. So this is, this is an individual that is a sheriff, that is a law enforcement individual that is putting politics aside as we all should. 
and it's really accurately assessing that in 42 years of law enforcement, it's the worst crisis that he's ever seen on the border. I think that summarizes exactly the crisis that this administration has called. And meanwhile, meanwhile, you still have the, 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 the border czar, uh, the VP, who is yet to even make it near the border, but yet he, she is traveling to foreign countries to talk about so-called root causes. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, what what's very, very interesting was uh, I read this morning that she raised the issue of, uh, that Kamala Harris raised the issue of uh, environmental climate refugees. And, uh, you know, uh, she told uh, the, the Guatemalan government that uh, they need to do more more to uh, develop green, I mean, uh, green industries. These people can't feed themselves, and she wants green industries? I mean, how out of it, touch can they be? It's absurd. You, you know, first of all, I used to say for, for a while, look, her, her trip down there, any talk to root causes is all symbolic in nature from this administration. It's all form, no substance, because of, we've known what the root causes are for decades, right? And the majority of the root cause is economics. The, the vast majority of migrants coming, especially from the Northern Triangle countries, they are economic migrants. They're simply looking for a better life. They're looking for a better job, a better home, and et cetera. That is what is driving it. We know what the root causes are, except I have to admit, George, the one that I have not thought about in my time uh, you know, serving this country is climate change. That's a new one for me. Right, so now, now apparently, illegal uh, aliens entering this country illegally—they're not coming because they're having a hard time feeding their family, or they're looking for a better job. Apparently, it's because it's getting hotter where they're at. Uh, it's just—it's—it's it's one absurdity uh, over another absurdity. It's all form over substance. And here's another thing that I'll say: is the root causes of which, again, we've known for decades. Uh, it's not mutually exclusive from the crisis that's happening on the border. We are the most powerful, the, the greatest nation in the world. We can multitask. They should be able to simultaneously have discussions about what we can do and work together in, in the Northern Triangle countries with, with the United States and Mexico to stem the fall of illegal uh, immigration, while at the same time going to our borders and figuring out what we need to do to secure our borders and stem the flow of illegal immigration. And guess what? That's exactly what we did under the Trump administration. We multitasked and we handled both. And that's why what led to the unprecedented actual physical agreements with the government of Mexico and all three Northern Triangle countries to address it as a regional crisis that it is, while at the same time, we put integrity back in our system, we secured our borders, and we stemmed the flow of illegal immigration. And we handed this administration the most secure border in our nation's history, and they destroyed it in a matter of days. Amazing. Let me ask you about another another issue that I read about uh, recently um, regarding the uh, 286G program that uh, some sheriffs are feeding, feeling so frustrated that they're opting out of it, which is, I think, what the, the Biden administration has wanted to do, is not uh, let anybody hold any, any uh, illegal aliens. What's the story on that? George, so I tell you what, you, you could not be more correct. And this is another element that look, the, the concept of what we need to do is not complicated, right? We, we should secure our borders, borders matters, nation sovereignty matters, the rule of law matters. It, it just makes sense. And the most inhumane thing we can do actually is to open our borders because the cartels are exploiting uh, these immigrants uh, more every day uh, to their detriment while the cartels get rich. So that concept is easy. But what is happening as this administration is undoing everything, it's a complex web. And, and so what we were talking about before is really, you know, what, what's happening on the border. What you're talking about is the interior. So this administration has done a couple of significant things on the interior. One is, and we talked before, they've reduced ICE uh, enforcement authorities by 90%. Uh, they are no longer to actually enforce the law and lawfully deport people. Deport people. That's why we say they're creating a sanctuary country. But a really a, a nuanced element of that is the 287G program that you mentioned. That is the program that allows local law enforcement to work with ICE to remove criminal illegal aliens. I'll say that again, to remove criminal illegal aliens. 
this administration is systematically trying to get rid of the 287G program. They've already rescinded the program in a couple of key uh, 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 counties. Um, and uh, what I'm being told is their goal is to just get rid of the 287G program in its entirety. In essence, and that will be that will be one of the final straws in really creating a sanctuary country. Because right now, with the restrictions of ICE, you, you basically have to be a a known terrorist or a convicted or convicted aggravated felon. But now, when you remove the 287G program and you have sanctuary uh, cities and states in the United States, that's even further restrictions uh, uh, that they're placing on ICE's ability to enforce the law and remove a criminal illegal aliens. I tell you, George, I, I just I don't get it. From, from a lay perspective, how is it in our nation's best interest to release criminal illegal aliens that we know have gone out and reoffended again and again and re-victimized more American citizens? How many families are we going to have that have been victimized by illegal aliens? Crimes that are absolutely prevented. I don't get it. It makes no sense. That's exactly right. I mean, we've got to ask ourselves, I mean, do they have, do they have the, the interest, the best interest of the safety of, uh, of uh, Americans at heart, even though they are supposed to be the leaders of the nation? I mean, it's amazing to me. Uh, because you know, while while we're talking about this, we're you know we're also uh, we're also t- we should also be talking about all the amount of meth that's coming in because they're so busy taking care of illegal aliens. Yeah, again, George, you're, you're absolutely right, and I get so tired of the distracting and, and the false narrative out there. They keep saying that well, well, as, as if the drugs. Are, are not a problem in the sense that, well, the majority of drugs coming in are, 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 are seized at our legal ports of entry. And they say that, George, as if then drugs coming in in between our other areas are not a problem. It, it, it's absurd that they should use that argument to say that we don't need things like the wall, more personnel, and etc., and we don't need to secure our borders in between the ports of entry. It's an absurd argument because here's why. One is we, we really don't know how much is getting past us on the border because our borders are not secure, and they're, they're absolutely less secure today than they were four months ago. And, and so we don't know how many drugs are, are, are pouring past of the border patrol, but we know a ton is because we still have 60,000 individuals dying every single year because of narcotics overdoses. We still have organizations like DEA, the FBI, that business as well going after gangs and, and other drug, drug distributors in this country. And we also know that Border Patrol, in between the ports of entry, seizes hundreds of thousands of pounds of drugs every single day. We know that tunnels are being created where drugs are pouring. Uh, uh, under the ground in another country. We have no idea how many have gotten past the Border Patrol. We know that they're using aircraft and drones to smuggle drugs in between the ports of entry. We know that that, that our Air Marine assets have been working with the Coast Guard that seizes hundreds of thousands of pounds of drugs every single day. And so with this administration and the Democrats to continue to say, oh, well, the majority of drugs are at our ports of entry, that's where we need to focus, is absurd and it's factually inaccurate. It's outrageous. Mark, thank you very much for taking time to be with us today, as usual. Uh, anything that you'd like to add before we close, buddy? Um, you, you know, I, I, I do. I, I think that, the, the one of the, again, one of the other false narratives, especially coming from, from the DHS Secretary Maricus, which is why we called for his removal. He's the worst DHS Secretary, I believe, in our nation's history. And one of the big reasons, besides he's been a chief architect of open borders, but he continues to lie to the American people. He continues to say that our borders are not open, even though we're releasing you know, thousands of individuals every single day into this country. Um, and and I, I think the other thing that's very frustrating to me is the false narrative that he continues to put out as a secretary. He sounds more like a politician than a secretary that's been in our homeland. Is that he talks about the inhumane policies of the Trump administration? It's a flat out lie. What is inhumane? I encourage everybody to read the article by by Sheriff Martinez of Verde County on the border. He, he he does a really good job of bringing home what what is actually the 
most inhumane policies that you could have as a nation, especially the United States, and that's one to open our borders and encouraging people to, to give their life's pay to over to the cartels and, and their safety, security, and lives over the hands of human smugglers. Uh, look, we're, we're entering a peak season right now where, where the weather is getting hot, and I guarantee you, George, we're going to have more dead bodies of immigrants that are trying to illegally enter the United States because of the hope this administration has given them by opening our borders and allowing them to do so illegally. And those deaths on their hands, that is what is the most inhumane thing that's going on right now. Wow. Very, very powerful, but very, very true. I mean, it's very, very true. Mark, thank you, as usual, for, for being with us today. Uh, have a safe one, and uh, take care, my man. You too. Thanks, George. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got uh, our good friend, Mr. Raul Reyes, a uh, talk show host in his own right uh, from Del Rio and uh, former uh, uh, candidate for Congress. Uh, I wanted to reach out to him because he is uh, right there in the epicenter of the uh, of the border crisis, he lives in Del Rio, and I wanted to get his take on um, the uh, governor's uh, on, on Greg Abbott's uh, announcements on Thursday regarding uh, actions that he's going to take regarding the border. So, uh, Raúl, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Welcome to the show. Uh, what did you think of uh, of the overall border summit? And the announcements that um, that the that the governor made. Hey George, thanks for having me. Uh, once again, glad to be here with you. Yeah, we're uh, you know we were there last night listening to uh, the governor. Uh, you know for sure we were glad he came down here. And uh, but I, I'm gonna, I'm going to say right off the bat that I was disappointed. It just felt like a campaign stop. There were some things in there that I, I we're going to look at and that to see if. Indeed, you know they're gonna they're gonna fruition into something. But uh, you know, I could go down the list here and, and tell you straight out that just um, some of these things are already in play, and so I'm really not sure exactly you know where he's headed with uh, with his master plan. So we're glad he was here, but uh, truthfully, he was here because a lot of folks have been doing rallies and events to try to get his attention. Personally, I think he's three or four months too late, but uh, nonetheless, he came and uh, he took our answers, or our questions anyway. Do you think uh, the announcement regarding the wall, that seems to be getting a lot of attention. Uh, what are your thoughts yeah, on so, that? Yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, so, in this forum or a summit we had last night, there was an initial meeting up front where he sort of just gave a spill, and that's online, folks. You can look that up. It's about 35 minutes or so. And he does say that Texas is going to build the wall, and uh, everybody applauded. Even I was taken aback as, uh, that's great. This is great uh, information. Uh, but, George, there was a second meeting that was held afterward with ranchers and landowners. And in the back room, uh, we asked him for details. And, folks, uh, Texas is only going to build the wall uh, if the land is volunteered by the ranch uh, or landowner. So um, the proposal is that if you want a temporary fence, they will put it up, Texas will pay for it, and then they will thereafter come and put the wall up. So it's not like a Donald Trump setup where we're just blazing 450 miles down the road because uh, that's how many miles of wall Donald Trump built. This is more a, of a, you know, where the ranch and landowner wants a fence or a wall, that's where it will be. And, and that's why I'm going to call it lackluster, mostly because 
it's not the same. He's trying to throw out a Trump thunder, uh, I guess, political platitude here. It's not working. With what's going to happen, George, is, you know, he's saying we're going to build a wall. When people look into this, they're going to be disappointed as there, there are places that we're not going to build a wall. And so it's going to be sporadic across this border, not the same as what Donald Trump was doing. So very disappointed in that part. You had to be around for the second part of the question and answer to get that information, folks. No media was allowed back there. And so that's why you're just seeing this up front. We're building the wall. But there's uh, there's a lot of details in there that uh, were left behind. Now, the uh, the issue also of bollards being put up or barriers he said barriers were going to be used uh, separate from uh, from a wall. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm wondering what that meant. Yeah, um, that left us a, a little all perplexed. Uh, you know, we're talking about a lot of open bathroom area. It's arid in a lot of places. There's uh, senderos, there's cliffs. So we're all still trying to figure that out. Again, I, I got to tell you, George, it felt a lot like a campaign uh, stomp. Uh, a lot of great things were said, but when we went to that back room, the details were, were not there. I myself asked them about the asylum shelters that, that are now in Donna, Dilly, El Paso, and of course in Carrizo Springs. And uh, I, I did ask him if he was in favor of the bill that's being proposed by John Cornyn, Tony Gonzalez, uh, of course, uh, Henry Guaya, the Democrat, and I forget who the senator in Arizona is, I asked him if he was in favor of that. He lived, seemed a little perplexed, like he hadn't heard about this bill. But nonetheless, I pressed him, and he said he is not for more asylum shelters. And so I then asked him, how soon are they going to close these federally contracted asylum shelters? And he said ASAP. So we're going to hold him to that. We'll see if it indeed that happens. That's uh, another one of those that you know I, I went up to ask because, as you know, we have been on this journey to get him down here to secure the border however he can and to challenge the federal government on Texas state sovereignty and to close these asylum shelters down. Um, we'll see if it all happens. Again, I'm glad he came down here, but uh, until I see the fruits of that labor, I, you know, I'm very skeptical, George. So what, uh, what would you like to see at this point? Yeah, so so one of the things that needs to happen is, is sort of, uh, it's what Kim uh, Reynolds in Iowa did, it's what Christy Nome did in uh, South and North Dakota, I forget which state she's the governor, uh, the governor of Montana. There's a few states out there where the governors looked at the federal government and said, we want no illegal aliens brought to our states. And Texas should have done that from the beginning. Instead, we are now the asylum uh, shelter capital of, the, of, of all the union because we have, I think, a minimum of, there may be eight of them, and they're, they're going to bring back another, another, another four is what they're trying to do. And what happens is that that's adding to the magnet of why people are coming to Texas to places like Del Rio. The other thing that needs to happen is Greg Abbott has to uphold Texas sovereignty up against the federal government. It ought to initiate a go-around policy. If you, if the, if indeed immigration is all federal, good. Take care of it at the border and get these people out of Texas. There's a way to do that. We, he's saying that we are going to arrest everybody, George. You probably heard that last night as well. The question then becomes: Great, that's a great idea, but. We're going to jail them, uh, and we're going to run out of capacity to do that. Already this morning, I think the Val Verde County Sheriff Joe Frank uh, Martinez has already said, "Look, that's not practical." So we're already in direct conflict with the local sheriffs as it is. So, yeah, we need to get a go-around policy. We need to shut down all the asylum shelters, and if that's not going to happen, we need to empower the county sheriffs to arrest everybody and take them back to the border. We can do this all day long. Send them back. They'll come across. Send them back. And people will realize, don't come to Texas. You have to come here legally. Yep. Yeah, I mean, while the Biden administration is uh, is welcoming illegal aliens, we've got to do the opposite and make sure that they feel unwelcomed. I, that's a harsh thing for, for me to say, but that's the reality. Uh, well, people, people always go to compassion and humanity. 
look, it is not humane to have a child travel two or three thousand miles under a coyote or 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 human traffickers, uh, especially the young ladies that are being violated. It's not humane to do that to them and then have them here and pretend like we're inhumane for trying to do the right thing, and that's follow the laws. We have laws for that are in place. If the federal government isn't going to do it, Article One of the Constitution allows for the Texas governor in a time of invasion, which this is, to defend Texas. And last night he did all of that. He didn't didn't do any of that actually. And we saw a lot of platitudes. There were some things in here like a billion dollars for border security. But George, if you really look at that closely, it's already been in place for a month. So he's just announcing announcing things that are already in place. If we if you're in the know like yourself and myself, you'll understand what I mean by this was another campaign stop and uh, I didn't appreciate it and we'll see what happens as we move forward. There were some things that are going to be okay, but we have to determine if he's really going to arrest everybody and hold them uh, yet to be determined. And where they're going to put them. <laughs> exactly. We're going to run out of capacity. And like I said, already the Valverde County Sheriff is saying that's not practical. I spoke to a couple of the sheriffs. They're all in their white hats last night. You were there. A lot of them were looking at me and I asked them and they said, well, you know, it's good in theory, but not in practicality. Yeah. And so the, the governor doesn't have answers for that, nor a solution. Last one here is, last night we created, under Article 4 of the Texas Constitution, a, um, oh, what do they, what do you call that? A, a task force. A, uh, a task force. A task force. If we are creating a task force, all that is is more bureaucracy. And by the way, he said, we're going to meet every two weeks. So we're going to have a meeting every two weeks while we are in danger 24-7 down here. That is appalling to me. And uh, and, and is, the, is this task force going to be in Austin or is it going to be in Del Rio, in Kenny County? Where is this task force going to be located? So uh, we have all these questions and no answers. Um We'll see where, where the governor takes us from here. But uh, lackluster, disappointed, and, uh, and and remaining hopeful, as I am glad the governor came down, but uh, we didn't get any uh, more answers than we already have. You got it. Folks, we've been talking with our good friend Raul Reyes from uh, Del Rio, uh, border activist and uh, radio host as well. Thank you, Raul, for, being, for taking time to be with us. I appreciate it. God bless you, George. God bless everybody. Thank you. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer.